0: You're listening to Overcome the Overwhelm for Special Needs Moms with Lauren Lowry. Well, hello, my friends, and welcome back to Overcome the Overwhelm. This is the podcast where special needs moms get the support they deserve because we deserve more support. (laughs) That is the truth. If you are listening in for the first time, I am Lauren Lowry, and I am really glad that you are here. So thank you. Thank you for listening in. So before we jump into today's episode, I do want to let you know that I have just a couple of spots left inside the village. So this is my signature coaching program. And inside this program, I help special needs moms. I help make life easier for special needs moms, right? Because we have a lot of hard. We have a lot of challenges. We have a lot of stress, right? And as special needs moms, we have to be in a place where we are able to keep giving our children our all, our 100%, right? We have to be able to keep fighting for them. And if we are stressed out, stuck in survival mode, exhausted, that fight becomes even harder, even more difficult. So that is what we do inside the program is I help you get out of survival mode. I help you do that so you can keep on fighting for your child. And this is the program for you if you feel isolated. If you feel like no one in your life really understands what you're going through, I think that is something that is so common in our community is just, you know, we might have mom friends even, or we might have family members. But unless you've walked this life, unless you've walked in these shoes, (laughs) it can be really difficult to understand what we go through. You know, it's really hard to understand the grief that we experience over You know, the life that we expected and then here we are in a completely different situation. And there's a lot of sadness around that. It's not easy to understand some of the challenges, just day-to-day challenges that we face. And this is for you if you feel like you're drowning trying to keep up with it all. If you feel like you're constantly just aren't doing enough. You're like, I'm doing all these things. I have so much to do. I'm never getting enough done. I am not helping my child enough. I'm feeling exhausted. I feel like I just am constantly fighting for services. And I feel like I am exhausted from staying up late at night, researching, just trying to find an answer or something to help my child. Right? We love our children no matter what. We want to give them everything. And sometimes that everything, sometimes what we need to give them is us. Sometimes what we need to give them is taking care of ourselves so we can keep on fighting. So I want to invite you to schedule a call with me. In this call, what we will do is we will identify your biggest obstacles, where you are struggling the most, what is going on for you, and what is the actual root cause of it all for you in particular, because everyone's different. And on this call, I will even help you develop strategies and help you kind of come up with a game plan of what Hey, what can we do to solve for those really the root cause of everything, right, that's going on? And you will get an inside look at what it is like to work with me. You will kind of feel like what a little taste of coaching. And we can talk more about the village and we can talk about if it is the right fit for you. And I'll be very honest with you. If I don't think you're ready for coaching, if I think, for instance, you should maybe look into therapy or something else, I will be honest with you right? So this is kind of seeing, is this something that could help you? So I am inviting you to join me on a call. They are no pressure. They are no big deal. They're just a a free 30-minute call with me. And we just sit down and we chat. It's kind of like having a little coffee with the the bestie that understands what you're going through. (laughs) Because I do. I've been there. And I have helped so many moms like you. And I can definitely help you too, even if it's just for that 30 minutes. So do yourself a favor, book a call. I'm going to add the link to the show notes of this episode. But you can also just go to LowryLifecoaching.com forward slash consult call. All one word. C-O-N-S-U-L-T-C-A-L-L. Consult call. (laughs) You can go there. And just set up, you know, pick your time that you want and that works for you. And we'll get together. We'll meet and we'll talk. So that is what I have on that. So for today's episode, I wanted to talk about something that I wish I would have known before my son was diagnosed. So if you're not familiar, my son was diagnosed with a very rare genetic disorder, a cardi syndrome. It is in the leukodystrophy family, which is like the white matter of the brain. And he got this diagnosis in December of 2016. So he was almost a year old at that point. And it was a really hard time. And if you have gone through that diagnosis process, uh, you understand. You get it. That diagnosis, that day, the day you hear those words leave the doctor's mouth. That is a traumatic experience. We've touched on trauma just a little bit here on the podcast. But there is big T trauma and there is little t trauma Big T trauma is like the big things that really stay with you, um, and I would om- honestly, I would classify that as getting into that realm of big T trauma, because that diagnosis is life changing. It is life altering, in many ways, and for many of us, it is like the the point in which we can pinpoint when everything comes crashing down for us. And whenever I was going through that. I struggled. I think a lot of us can, you can probably relate to this as well, right? I did not handle it well. And I did not process my emotions very well. It took me a long time to realize that how I was processing things, how I was coping, was not was not healthy at all. <laughs> you know, I would... Just, I was so overwhelmed during this time with all the medical care and trying to figure out all of that. He had just had a G-tube placed and I was terrified of really of what the future was going to bring. You know, we had this diagnosis. They told us, oh, you know, he might live a couple years. Not true. Now that we know that, just I can give you that heads up like he's good and they were wrong because <laughs> so many times they are right. But I was terrified and I, you know, I was terrified of anything of the future what that would mean and i just i felt so alone going back to the isolation no one that i knew had ever been told news like that none of the friends in my circle had ever gone through anything like that my family members i was really close to had never gone through something like that and i just felt alone and every single night i mean i would just end the day just trying to drown it out I would try to drown out with food, with eating my feelings, essentially, you know, and shopping online and buying things, add to cart in the Amazon cart, right? And I would kind of use this excuse of like, well, I deserve it. Like, I'm going through this really big thing and I deserve this treat, right? Sounds like a nice thing to do for ourselves. It does. We need to treat ourselves, right? Just a little treat, (laughs) And I see my clients, I see my clients doing this all the time, right? We do it with overeating, over-drinking, over-shopping, even overworking. And what we're doing is we're trying to avoid those emotions. We're trying to avoid the crappy feelings we have: the sadness, the grief, the anger, the fear, the anxieties, right? The overwhelm. We're just trying to drown it all out. And what I wish I would have known before I got my son's diagnosis is I wish I would have known that that treat was actually doing more harm than good. So I want you to think about emotions. I know it's no one's favorite topic to talk about. (laughs) A lot of us hate talking about emotions, but just stay with me here. I promise this is life-changing information. Because if I could pick one thing that I wish I would have known, it is this. It is what I'm going to share with you in this episode. So I wanted you to think about if you had a bottle of pop and you were to just shake it. I mean, shake the crap out of it. Processing emotions is a lot of like this, right? You just keep on shaking. And if you don't shake or if you don't stop shaking that bottle and you don't slowly take the lid off, that thing is going to eventually explode. When we're avoiding emotions, it's like we just keep shaking that bottle. We're not stopping. We're not going to take that lid off slowly. We're processing emotions. And when we allow them, it's actually like you are gradually, you stop the shaking and you gradually start to twist that cap off a little bit and a little bit. Right? Slowly, allowing the pressure to gradually release. And our brains might say, like, ah, oh, no, it's going to take too long. I don't like this. I just want to open the pot bottle bottle and get it over with. Right? Or in the sense of emotions. I just want to feel better right now. (laughs) I don't want to go through all that process of releasing the pressure. Oh, but if you had this pop bottle and it's really shaken up and you didn't take that lid off slowly, it's going to explode everywhere. It's going to make a massive freaking mess. You're going to have sticky pop all over your room, right? And you're going to spend a lot of time cleaning up that mess and you may never get the sticky out of some parts. Both of those can be painful experiences. Feeling emotions and allowing them can be painful, right? It's too, oh, I don't want to open this pop bottle, right? It's going to take too long. That's kind of how our brains register it. (laughs) But it is probably, and I'm not even going to say probably, it is definitely more painful to clean up an exploded bottle of pop after it has been shaken for God knows how long. The thing is, our brains don't automatically connect the two. Our brains don't see the fact that us When we avoid emotions, we're like, no, I'm just going to avoid that. I'm just going to push that away. I'm just going to, you know, not think about that right now. I'm going to avoid it. Our brains think that's the way to go. It doesn't connect the explosion that happens as a result of that. It does not connect that. It doesn't connect the two of those things. But when we avoid our emotions, when we push them away, when we just push them down, keep them inside, what ends up happening? is that it just builds up and you're going to eventually explode in unhealthy ways. You end up exploding. You end up losing your shit, flying off the handle at your spouse, at your coworkers, at your children, right? We end up yelling. We end up really easily frustrated. And even just without that, like, let's just put that aside. There's so much more else that avoiding our emotions does because it can actually disrupt your sleep patterns at night. So we are already exhausted. Many of us do not get a full night of sleep as it is. Just because, you know, our kids maybe need to be repositioned throughout the night. Maybe you have to do night feeds. Maybe whatever your child doesn't sleep well. And so that means you don't sleep well. So we're already getting poor sleep, many of us. And whenever we have unprocessed emotions, it actually can disrupt our sleep patterns even more. So it just adds to our exhaustion it can also manifest into physical symptoms like headaches, stomach issues, muscle tension. I know that I, for so long, had just this awful like shoulder, neck, just constantly in pain. And really, I think it was from that. And I had migraines and I mean, we're not going to go into stomach issues, but yeah. (laughs) And now looking back, I'm like, wow, that I think was just from all of that built up stress and that built up emotions that I was completely ignoring and ends up fueling even more stress and more anxiety as all of those unaddressed issues end up just lingering in the background. Just because we avoid things doesn't mean they go away. That is something that I think is such a misconception. We think, like, oh, if I just avoid how I'm feeling, if I just make myself feel better in this moment instead of processing it and you know, working through it and allowing the emotion, no, <laughs> we think it just goes away. We're like, yeah, this 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 cupcake will obviously make everything better. That is how our brains work. And that is because our brains know that dopamine gives us a huge, right? Makes us feel better. Huge surge of dopamine we get from sugar, from shopping, from doing things, you know, like that, those, those feel-good things. We think they're self-care. They are not self-care because what they're doing whenever we're using them as avoidance methods is that they are just keeping everything stuffed down, adding to our stress, creating even more anxiety inside of us, and sticking us in a chronic state of survival mode. Now, I do want to just say that this is not your fault. I'm not sitting here saying like, oh my gosh, you should allow your emotions. How dare you not allow your emotions? You're so awful for that. God, no, (laughs) it is not our fault. I'm going to say our fault because our generation, it was not taught how to do this properly. All we've really been taught about stress management is like, oh, you need to do some self-care But what that self-care is, is, you know, that is taught to us is like, oh, bubble baths, pedicures, manicures, things that feel good. Band-Aid fixes. What we are not taught is how to process our emotions in a healthier way and allowing them and moving through them rather than just stuffing them down inside of us. We were not taught these healthy coping skills. And I think that personally, I really strongly believe that this should be taught at a very young age. I'm talking like in kindergarten, they should have emotional regulation lesson plans. And they they probably do now because this is definitely a big topic. And none of the generations before us, they couldn't teach us these things because they themselves did not know them. They were not taught these things. Our parents, our grandparents, they did not have those skills either. So it just keeps perpetuating and we can be the generation that stops it. Whenever we learn it, we can teach it to our kids and pass it down. We can teach them emotional intelligence, right? Think about whenever you're growing up, whenever you're a kid, we were taught to hide our emotions. Whenever you were a kid and you were upset about something, like maybe you had a toy get broken, or if you lost at a game, maybe you were playing Monopoly or something and you lost and you started to cry, you started to get upset. You might have been told things like, stop crying, suck it up. There's no crying in baseball. <laughs> It's not a big deal. All of these things. Our parents just wanted, and I'm not saying it's our parents' fault, but they just wanted us to stop having that emotion. The message, it may not have been intentional that they were trying to give us this message, but the message we received was emotion is bad. You do not allow those emotions. You get rid of those. You stop them. It doesn't get rid of them, though. It just shoves them down further. And again, this isn't on our parents, because they did not know either. This is all they knew. But it taught us that these negative emotions, anger, fear, sadness, that they needed to be avoided. And I think that we're now in this generation where it's coming out of like, oh, hey, you can't avoid your emotions. That's bad. This causes a lot of problems within us. It causes, you know, the physical things I just talked about. It causes... The just this amount of stress and this burnout, eventual burnout and anxiety, and it causes anger issues. <laughs> and I think that, you know, we're kind of all understanding this. And now we have movies that teach kids, you know, even think about um Frozen or Elsa. She has a, you know, concealed, don't feel. Have you ever seen Elsa? You know, if you have a a young girl, you probably have seen this movie, even if you haven't. Maybe you were a young girl when this came out, because some of you may be younger than me. (laughs) But she has a song in there, you know, oh, conceal, don't feel. Don't let them know. And I think that is just such a good analogy that Disney did there about how she was taught that she needed to conceal how she felt and keep it inside and not let anyone know. She needed to always be composed. And what happens? What ends up happening to Elsa in the movie? Well, she can't keep it in any longer, and she finally just explodes. All that emotion comes out. She creates this massive winter ice snowstorm over the whole kingdom, and bad things happen. I think she creates like an abominable snowman in her little ice castle, (laughs) you know? Because she just had that big release. Going back to the pop bottle, it finally exploded and created this huge mess Everywhere. Because she was trying to prevent one bad thing from happening. If they find out, if they know I could hurt somebody, right? I could, I could, it might be bad if I let this emotion out. But well, if you didn't let the emotion out, it's even worse. We were taught the messaging that having big emotions also meant something about us as a person. And especially if you were socialized as a woman, as a girl growing up. You were taught very specific things about what it meant if you had big emotions. We were taught things like, oh, you know, if you have really big emotions, you're dramatic. You're bad. There's something wrong with you. You're weak. And if you're, you're especially uh, on the men, you know, the the male side of things, they were taught if they had emotions, they were weak. They weren't strong. And strong is good. Weak is bad. Right? If you have emotions, you're flawed. You're broken. But the truth is, with all that, that's what society's taught us, right? That's what we grew up thinking. But the truth is that emotions are just a part of the human experience. They're just part of being human. They are chemical cascades that are caused by our thoughts and our beliefs. So we have a thought. We have a mental story that triggers an emotion creating a chemical cascade through us. And then we have, you know, some... Salt water that comes out of our eyes, just like how sweat is salt water that comes off of our back, right? Don't quote me on the exact right. Those are not the same chemical makeups and all that. But how big they are and how much of a chemical cascade that we experience from them doesn't mean a damn thing about what kind of person we are. (laughs) Doesn't mean anything at all. And also, whenever we learn how to just keep Ourselves inside and hide these big emotions that we have. And we think that having big emotions is somehow inherently bad. What we also do is end up pushing down all the good big emotions we have. You're going to not feel happiness and love and joy and excitement. You're not going to feel those things on a bigger, more fulfilled level either. You're going to kind of stay in the middle to negative most of the time. And I get it. I mean, I was the absolute queen of avoiding my emotions, guys. I mean, I was that good girl. And I very much believed this. And now looking back, I'm like, man, this was, I, you know, the more I think about it, the more I really realize how that messaging really affected my life. Because I thought, like, oh, if I'm the good girl who doesn't cause a fuss, who is always agreeable, then people will like me. And we want to be liked. That is a natural survival response because if people like us, we get to stay in the village and the village is safe, right? Going back to that, just very like caveman mentality, right? We want to be part of the herd. We don't want to be kicked out and be isolated and be right separate because we need others in order to survive and live. And so I kind of took on this mentality of like, okay, if I am just always able to please others and not cause any kind of scene, not have emotions and not show them that I'm upset when I'm upset, then I will be accepted. So how do you think this affected my relationships? I mean, <laughs> you know, I, if we like go out to eat or something or like, oh, where do you want to eat? Oh, I don't care. Wherever you want. You know, that is a sign. Now, generally, if I say that, it's because I don't want, to, I don't care. I don't want to think about it. I don't want to think of a place because I don't want to make another decision. <laughs> but growing up, it was always, and I mean, especially in my teenage years and my young adult years, it was about making sure everyone else was happy, even if it meant the expense of my own self. Kind of getting off track there. That is all very closely related. The One of the ways I could do that was not feeling or allowing my emotions. So trust me, I was the queen of this. If I was able to learn how to cope with my feelings in a healthier way and how to feel them and allow them and process them, that emotional intelligence, if I was able to do that, then I promise you anyone can (laughs) because I was not set up for success on that front, but I was able to learn how to do it. It is a skill you can actually learn how to do, which is amazing. That is such good news because it means you can actually change the way you do things, and feel better. So how do we do it? We are stressed out. We're upset. We've had a shit day. Everything's going wrong. How do we process our emotions instead of just reaching for a bowl of ice cream, some Oreos, a glass of wine, ordering a couple pairs of jeans from Abercrombie, you know, adding some things to the carton, hitting buy on Amazon? How do we... Not do all of that and instead do the work of processing them. What does that look like? Because I, I honestly, before I found coaching, I had no idea. I didn't know any of this crap existed. I did not know. And this it sounds just like, oh, I love your emotions. Sounds very woo-woo-y. It's not. It's really not. <laughs> it is very practical, actually. And the first step is, of course, just noticing. I mean, I feel like that's everything. You just have to have that awareness. It all starts with just acknowledging your emotions as they arise and naming them. I find it helpful to say instead of like, I'm sad, because that's saying I as a person, I'm a sad person, like just a, a general characteristic. I prefer to say I am feeling sad because there's a feeling I'm experiencing or I am experiencing sadness. I am experiencing grief. I am experiencing anger. I am experiencing frustration. And it kind of, it's like, oh, okay, that is something that I'm just experiencing right now. Just how you might, like, experience cold or hot, right? You're just having an experience. It doesn't mean anything negative or anything about you as a person or towards your character. And we just want to acknowledge those feelings without judgment. That is such a big key of this. Not judging them and not suppressing them. Not saying I shouldn't feel this way. Might have that subconscious belief that I shouldn't feel sad about my child's diagnosis. Because when we have that judgment, that's pushing them away. When we're not allowing them to just be there and saying, huh, that's interesting. Almost like you've got to go back to that curiosity. Have the curiosity around your emotions. And once we identify the emotions we might want to start like delving deeper, exploring its roots. Might ask yourself, you know, what's what's triggering this feeling? Something I do is like, OK, what triggered me to feel this way? I get very like factual about it. What are the underlying thoughts that I, what am I thinking here? What are the beliefs that are contributing to this? And really, it, I don't sit there maybe in the moment if I'm feeling angry. I'm not like, what are the beliefs that are contributing to my emotional cascade? no. <laughs> what I'm doing is like, OK, what is going on inside my brain that is making this feeling arise, causing this feeling to arise? And I find it helpful to journal, to write about it. And by journaling, I don't mean, dear diary, today I had blah, blah, blah. No, I mean like rage writing. I, I will just write about that feeling of what's going on, my thoughts that are going through my brain, because this helps my brain. It helps it slow down. And it helps it just kind of process and it evens out the emotional charge when I do that of those thoughts that are around that emotion I'm experiencing. When we're processing emotions and allowing them versus ignoring them, not suppressing them, this doesn't mean that we want to dwell on the negative thoughts. We don't want to keep ruminating and replaying that story in our heads over and over again. So, you know, what I would do after my son was diagnosed is I would replay that day and what that doctor said, I would just keep it on loop in my head. You know, I would I would just keep thinking about it over and over again. What could we have done different? Right. And just like going through all of those thoughts that is not allowing emotions that is ruminating. whenever we're allowing emotions and this is where I think people really get stuck they think that they have to think about that story over and over again in their heads and that's what processes no no and this is where working with a coach can be so helpful guys because a coach can help you move through the emotions we'll get to that in just a minute but you know it's it's something of just you want to not keep the story running you know I didn't I didn't need to keep replaying the words that that doctor said to me in the story about how I didn't need to keep replaying what this meant for our future and everything bad that I thought was coming. That was just perpetuating the emotion, keeping it swirling around inside of me. There's actually an exercise that I do with my clients. and I use this myself with my own coach. I use it by myself whenever I'm self-coaching. And it helps you focus on just the emotion, just the feeling that you're experiencing without all that brain chatter it helps you just kind of clear it out so you can move through it quicker what what it actually does is help you move through the emotion quicker if you think of emotion like a a tunnel it's got a beginning a middle and an end and whenever we process them in this way and we just actually experience the feeling of it rather than thinking of it conceptually It helps us move through the tunnel from the beginning to the middle and get out of it to the other side in a faster, more efficient way. And this is where, you know, working with that coach or that therapist, it can be very beneficial because I hear a lot of times people are like, well, I don't want to allow these emotions because I might get stuck in them. And that is what a coach can help you not do, not get stuck in them. It's because it's a skill. Again, going back to that, it is a skill you can learn how to do to move through them does it mean that's never going to come up again absolutely not but definitely drops it right it helps in the moment so not talking about like grief necessarily but if you're angry about something or you're frustrated or you're sad about a certain experience like this helps that feeling be gone quicker You know, and we think like, oh, no, if I go treat myself with that ice cream and that cupcake and the shopping and the wine, right, that's what makes the emotion go away. No, it just prolongs it. We don't think about that. But this keeps it from being a prolonged experience. And it's all about finding healthy coping strategies that resonate with you. Everyone is different in what works. It could be something like exercise could actually help you process through those emotions. Spending time in nature, yoga, meditation, art, art therapy, hello, getting your emotions out in that way. So many different things. My personal favorites that just, I mean, I know what works for me. I have this down to a freaking science, (laughs) y'all. It is going for a walk in nature and EFT tapping. And I know what emotions require which processes right but it's all about finding activities that help you process those negative emotions they help you de-stress without turning to the old coping skills that you use to avoid those emotions the treats <laughs> right the things that cover them up that just help you feel better as quickly as possible get that dopamine hit we don't want to avoid our emotions we just want to be able to work through them allow them and get them out of ourselves so we don't explode And whenever we do this, we're able to feel better. You know, you're going to get rid of those headaches. You're going to be able to sleep better, have more energy. You're not going to be stuck in survival mode. You're going to feel better physically, mentally, and just overall. It's going to help you just be able to show up to life. And, you know, more fully yourself. And I'm not saying that treats are a bad thing. But they I am saying that they are a bad thing whenever we use them to cover up negative feelings and to just try to feel better. Right. Because we had a bad day. And we say, like, oh, I deserve it. I deserve this treat. But really what we do, we deserve better. We deserve a better life over that little ice cream in the moment. That immediate satisfaction, that immediate pleasure. We deserve long term pleasure, long term happiness. And it took me, it just took me a long time to realize. And I wish this is the thing. I just, I wish I would have known it prior to my son's diagnosis so that I had that skill in that time. And I mean, it wasn't just like, oh, just from that, that emotion, I wish I could have processed, but that was kind of where it all started. And I wish I had that in those earlier days. And that is, Probably one of the biggest things that helped me move through and get out of survival mode was being able to do this work. And this is something that I teach inside the village too. This is something that I help my clients with every single day. So again, if you are struggling, if you're like, no, I am stressed out. I am in survival mode. I definitely don't want to allow my emotions. I'm eating my feelings. I am gaining weight from it. I am using alcohol and drinking a little bit more than I would like to. Um, all right. My finances are suffering because of all this. Those are the typical things we go to, right? I am working all the time, right? And I'm just kind of burying my head in the sand and going to work so much. And I don't know how to stop that pattern. If this is all resonating with you, schedule that call with me. Let's talk about it. Let's see if this is what could be the root cause of it. And let's see what we can do to help you go forward. All right, guys, I just want to tell you that I love you. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week and I will talk to you next week. All right. Bye. Thanks for joining me on today's episode of Overcome the Overwhelm. If you have questions or like more information, head on over to LowryLifeCoaching.com and I'll see you next week.